0: down. Today, I have the privilege of spending time with Byron Van Pelt. I'll call you the coach of coaches right now, right? The man with the plan to help us, uh, us coaches, mentors, and consultants really attract the clients that are right at, at the value that we all think we're worth. My friend, thanks for being on the show. I appreciate you. It's an honor to be here, man. I'm excited. Thank you. You're absolutely welcome. So I like to start every show like this, Byron, with A quick question, right, you've been in this, what I'll call game in the hustle of being an entrepreneur now for six or seven years from, you know, life coaching into uh, right, helping coaches attract a higher end client. If someone listening is considering jumping into, I don't care if it's coaching, mentoring, consulting, or even just going, right, breaking away from corporate America, what's that one lesson that you know they're going to have to learn, (laughs) but that you might be able to accelerate their growth?
1: Yeah, man, so much. I was thinking about this actually the other day. Um, somebody was asking me, you know, if I want to quit my job, should I have, you know, four months salary saved up, a year's worth of salary saved up, how much should I save? And I told them, you know, it's good to have a little bit saved up to be practical, but ultimately the only real meaningful advice I can give is at some point you have to make that leap and you have to trust. You have to trust yourself at a core level. And that's ultimately that feeling never really goes away as an entrepreneur like as a job we're used to the getting paid every couple weeks getting paid consistently ultimately we do enough to perform for the company as an entrepreneur it's all on our shoulders to create that success and so that feeling of am i going to be able to generate enough am i enough to do this is going to be consistently there And so rather than hoping we can get to a place of enough comfort or peace or security, whether it's having enough in the bank or feeling like we have enough strategies or our website looks beautiful enough, or we have enough of these external things in place, it's ultimately about trusting ourselves at a core level. And once you do that, it is a muscle that I've noticed gets stronger over time. And so that's probably the biggest piece of advice I can have is use you exiting that job as your first test, your first way of strengthening that muscle and demonstrating to yourself that not only can you do it, but you're more than capable right now to do it—you don't need anything more.
0: I love that. Uh, what what a powerful! If we stop the interview right now, that's that's a nugget that is just in immensely valuable, right? From the at least the path that I've walked down and got to see so many others walk down. That's just a, a brilliant message. So thanks for sharing that. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to go down memory lane for a second, right? Because there was a time in which. You weren't always doing what you're doing, right? You you started out as... right. It's funny to say now, like, with, with that cringe of, like, I was a life coach, right? It's like, there's it seems like everybody's a life coach, right? And we talked a little bit prior to this about why does it, you know, sometimes it pisses us off when someone is marketing themselves or, right, when we see this different thing. Because to me, sometimes I feel like, man, this, what qualifications does this person have? Yes. But you and I both started out in... The life coaching field i put those air quotes up right if you're watching this live on facebook right so explain to me what you're doing before life coaching and then how that transition happened right because I, I went through the same thing it's always interesting to me to see was our triggering event was it like oh man i can make a bunch of money over here i can make a bunch of impacts like i know with me it fell on my lap i wasn't looking for it i wasn't ready for it it was like i doubted myself all throughout the process but i want to know your story Yeah,
1: that's a great question. And that's what attracted me to this interview, man. I know we had similar backgrounds um, in that aspect. So for me, I used to go to networking events, dressed to the nines in a suit, making sure everything was pressed, looking good. And I was trying to market myself as a solution to someone's entire life. Like, I can help you with your relationships. I can help you with your money. I can help you with your health. I can help you with everything that you bring to the table holistically. And I always felt like I had to prove or I had to demonstrate that I had everything just locked down, that there were no problems in my life. There was everything was clicking and flowing. I always was terrified. What if somebody that, I, that hires me kind of pulls back the curtain a little bit and realizes that something isn't quite perfect in my life? And that fear really tormented me. And what it did was it prevented me from being as as vulnerable and authentic as I could be in my marketing. And I noticed how I was coming across and even how I was trying to price myself was trying to be the solution to everyone. And I noticed what was most counterintuitive to me, Ryan, was that the more I tried to develop skills and coaching processes and all these breakthroughs and just keep widening all the value I gave people the less they wanted to pay me it was as if I just kept diluting the mixture over and over and over again and I realized I was trying to be like the the used car lot instead of the Lamborghini where I was like the Walmart where we offer a little bit everything for everyone instead of who do I actually want to work with and 99% let's take off the table what do I actually want to do with them? And let's take the 99% off. It's not that. And what kind of direction do I want to lead them in where I feel most passionate and inspired? So to answer your question, the transition came from me doing some soul searching, getting some mentoring and support and recognizing what kept coming up for me and going to all these networking events would be running into other coaches who give me a business card and it would be somebody's arm stretched out in the air with like the Grand Canyon behind them, like a sunset. And it would say like, Take the next step to live your infinite possibilities and i look at that card and be like what what are they even saying like what are, what does this even mean like it, it's just so vague and i'm like am i marketing myself that way and it was like looking in the mirror and it really pissed me off and it really aggravated me that i wasn't able to charge more money and that's when i started recognizing okay it's time to pivot it's time to specialize it's time to go in one specific direction and what kept coming to me was serving coaches and help give coaches not just the marketing and sales information to succeed in their business, but to dismantle this whole process of trying to prove that we have a solution for everyone and instead narrow in if we want to serve.
0: Well, I love that. And like I said, prior to our, our going live, right, is just having what I call that authentic conversations. I get to know you, right? This is This is ad lib. This is not, you know, there's no script to this. So I'm always curious, right? When I believe in what I'll call four-dimensional reality, you shared something comparable, right? Fitness, faith, family, finance, body being balanced, business, right? I don't care what sort of marketing term we use, but I I also adhere to even inside of helping coaches, right? Because I I still have a duality in my own business. I have some one-to-one clients that are big time producers that want some more intimate help on some different things. And then I have right, a leverage consulting model where I do help coaches, mentors, consultants, right? Create the systems and processes so they stop trading time for money. And that was out of necessity because I had to learn that because my life got into time for money. Like it was like, if I can't go out and hunt and kill, I'm not going to eat. And I have, you know, 60 hours a week. I want to work so I can work with 60 clients. And if I'm not working with at least 55 I feel like I'm failing and like the, although I knew from psychology how to work through those stories of the shame and the guilt and not producing and the comparison measures we all go through because everybody looks like, like you said, that their shit doesn't sing on social media. Like all of us look like we have the perfect life. And I'm like, man, I just am so inferior to all these coaches. So I started going down the path of, right, what certifications can I get? What accreditations can I get? What sort of she- sheets of paper can I hang up behind me? Like that's going <laughs> to matter. can that. Yeah. <laughs> And then I I had to pivot, right? Because I started looking just personally that the clients that I was serving on Friday afternoon were getting a different version of me than the clients I was serving Monday morning Mm. because I had put so much effort into, right? I call it carrying the weight. And as a coach, like for me inside the personal development world, life coaching, whatever you call it, it's not all sunshine and roses, right? There's people battling with things that like I'm, I'm in the trenches with them. And just the emotional stability that I had at the end of the week was different. Like it wasn't at the same level. And so I had to learn like, okay, I want to serve everybody. I want to help everybody. Well now right. niching down and finding, finding your, you know, target demographic or your ideal client avatar. It's a, it's a term that works, but for me, I had to find that because I had no damn choice. Like I was fucking shot like I don't know how to say it anyway. Like there there was no gas left in my tank at the end. I'm like, there's gotta be a better way to do this. Yes. And so that was all for me, right? Without funnels, which I think is awesome about how we start our conversation. Like, I don't have some sort of lead magnet giveaway right now. I don't have click funnels running in the background to generate leads. I don't have all this stuff that everybody says you have to do. Like, sometimes I post on social media twice a day or three times a day because I have three things to say and sometimes i go four days and i don't say anything because i don't have anything going on like yeah. there's nothing to share yeah, exactly. and i love i love that i'm hearing if i without putting words in your mouth that you have experienced your own version of that and then that's morphed into part of who you are and who you show up as and how you help facilitate change in coaches am, am i right with that like I'm, am i alone on this island or are you at least uh, you know somewhere close to me rowing the boat I'm with you, man. Now I'm on the island with you. Uh, And and I wish more people would join on the
1: island, not because it works. I think it's just more fun, man. I think it's more fulfilling. Like I was talking to bit about this before we went live. I was so burned out because I had such a strict content schedule, posting a new video a day, seven days a week, working with 23 clients one-on-one, and then trying to also launch a business on the side. Like I was doing so much. And I realized, what am I actually doing every day? How am I spending my time every day? I'm looking at a computer monitor like 12 hours a day, sometimes 14 hours a day, and doing that Monday through Friday. Is that really what I want? I had to take a step back, forget about what works for a second, and just ask myself, is this what you want to do? And when I made that pivot, man, like you, I dropped the lead magnets, I dropped the email list. Countless people were telling me, Where's your email list? Why don't you have a way of attracting leads? You got to develop and nurture leads. I'm like, Man, I don't want to do that. It's just not, it didn't call to me the same way we're having conversations and connecting with people and just adding value in a way that felt right to me. Not that I was my own employee, like, All right, it's time to add three units of value this week. Let's show up and get that. It's like, Man, like you said, I love that. Like, you know what? I might do three things today and I might not do anything for a week because that's me spending time with my family. It's me recharging, having fun. I'm not a slave to this whole machine. And I found what really has been probably one of the most accurate, true things I've seen for me and every entrepreneur I've talked to that discovered this. It's never about following someone else's system. I think we can learn a lot. We can piece together different systems in a way that worked for us but it's never been about, man, if I just do this thing that's working for this person, I'll get the same results. That's never worked for me, ever. Uh, what has worked has been really tapping into what I feel is most unique to me and leveraging that as an asset and building my whole business around that. So, yeah, man, we're, we're right on the island together, man. We're together.
0: Man, I love that. And, right, I'm always curious. There's Ryan, I, Byron. how old are you? I think we're probably the same age, 35, 36. Yeah. so i'm yeah, a little I'm bit like older too. Yeah, yeah you're aging better right i have the, all the all the redness from the micro needle and i'm like trying to reverse the aging so i can yeah. look more young and youthful like you but right, right. now <laughs> right, i got plenty of that if i took the gel out like i'm a third gray i feel like yeah. so yeah. right what i what i find to be interesting is we grew up during the what i call it like the gary v era right where yes. it's hustle it's grind it's like okay you got your full-time job that's nine hours a day. And then you still have another nine hours a day and you only have to sleep six hours. And right. There's all these things that are, I call them, you know, uh, kind of like constraints, right? they there's societal norms that like, this is what you're supposed to quote unquote do. And what I found for me personally was I can run at a really fast pace. Like I, I can work the 20 hours, right? Like I don't die. Like I've been through it, but I started looking at what I actually wanted for me. It's like, man, I, I'm okay if I don't have the mansion on the hill. If I get to experience life with my wife and my daughter, like I'm willing to trade some of that because my version of success doesn't trigger the comparative measure anymore of like, oh my God, if I don't have the 10,000 square foot house or if I don't have the newest car in the driveway, and it's not that I don't love material things, like I'm a capitalist. Like anybody that's listened to the show for a long time knows I want a Rolls Royce ghost, and like there's some things that are triggers for me. But that now I'm actually, I I will say I monetarily I'm more successful than I've been ever before in my industry, but I'm actually working the least amount of time that I've worked in the past, probably four or five years. Right. But I, I get to show up and love every minute of every day. Like Tuesdays and Thursdays, I get to hang out with cool ass people like you and just get to know people like podcast interview, hang out, like have great conversations I can't, I wouldn't trade right now, at least for me personally, I wouldn't trade an extra 20 grand a month in lieu of what we get to do. Like, yeah. And what I find to be interesting is you say that to most people or like, there's, there's nothing wrong with the hustle grind. Like, it's not that I'm anti Gary or pro Gary, but it's like, if, if you're questioning that to me, maybe you do want to transition from working for somebody, working for yourself. There's certainly going to be this overlap period where you're going to have to work exceedingly hard but at some point I think we all go through this ascension wake up eye-opening experience where it's like at least for me what the heck am I doing all this for like right and and we can get into psychology and talk like Maslow's hierarchy of needs and all that stuff or spiral dynamics some of the things I believe but at the end of the day it's like yes all right I'm, I'm making six figures a month right we'll make up a number I only need 10 grand a month to live at some point like what am I pushing for? What So, so that I hop on here with you and we have this uh, manufactured I' called dick measuring contest between two coaches to see like which one of us is better. Like, but we are like, but that's what we're quote unquote supposed to do, right? Like it makes no sense logically that you and I are on a call together, right? We both facilitate the same side of the market. We both help coaches create more income, more value, more time, more everything. But my life got a hell of a lot more fun when I spun that on its side and said like, why you're not my competition, man? We should do some cool stuff together. Like you know some stuff I'm sure I don't know. I, I have no doubt you you have an endless amount of information that you would be able to share with me that I, I have never heard before. And I hope there's a little something I can share with you. Like oh, that's not a bad idea too. But the the world I feel like like the Facebook world, the Instagram world, the hustle grind world. I say it out loud. I'm like oh, you're just a fucking slacker, right? You, you, that's just a way to justify <laughs> mediocrity. And I'm like. Oh, okay. Maybe. Right. I don't, I don't know. Right. And I, you know, you're in the process of moving, switching houses, going back closer to family. Right. And I get the impression that you have itemized your value and created enough internal belief in yourself that while you choose to facilitate a lot of clients in a one-to-one basis, right. I mean, from, from what we've discussed, you're probably not worried where your next client's coming from. Or where your next meal's coming from, or how much money Jimmy down the street's making, or how like <laughs> right, but like that's what we're, we're taught to do. At least, right? I'm 35. That's just what like all the guys I went to college with. Like, what well, you get back together? Like, how much money are you making? Is really what it comes down to. We all say like, well, what are you doing for a living? Well, it's not. That's not really what we're asking. It's like, are you making more money than I'm making? That's went away, right? Like. Again, I feel I feel like I'm I'm looking for feedback, but again, I think we're probably cut from the same cloth where it started with I'll just say my side of things, right? As a as a life coach, it was right, twelve week packages where I was looking for three thousand bucks. It was a thousand bucks a month. Give or take. Um, and even then people were like, Man, that's a lot of money. And I'm like,
1: Yeah, but all
0: right. right, like this is this is everything I know how to do. And it's like, all right, three grand and didn't have a billing system set up and there were people that couldn't pay on time and I'd work with them or I would like just eliminate it. It didn't matter. I just want to help people. And there's nothing wrong with that. But like as life shifted and pivoted and I grew in my belief in myself, all the pieces of my business changed. Like every aspect of it, not that I still don't serve people with all types of different income levels, right? Like I, I also, this is not an elitist play for me at all but like, just hit me with it straight. Like, look, I'm struggling. I have no cash. Okay. I needed the most help when I had the least amount of money. Like my hand's as high as I can possibly hold it. Like you've heard, right. I've been bankrupt. I've pissed away every dollar I've had. I've made a bunch of bad decisions. That's when I needed this shit the most. I had the least belief in myself. And it sounds like from the personal development side of things, you help coaches find belief in themselves which then translates into showing up as a better version of self, which then translates into attracting a better client, which then translates into being able to command a price that is of the value that they represent. Is that, is that all fair?
1: I can tie it together too, man. Talking about Gary V. Um, Again, I'm not anti anyone or or necessarily pro Gary, but um, I find that the whole hustle and just do more thing often comes from a place of proving value. Like my value is in what I do for people, not who I am. And I felt such a fundamental disconnect when I realized that was me. I was placing all my value on my doing, what I was doing for my clients, what I was doing in my marketing without ever stopping to ask is what I'm doing in alignment with who I am. No wonder there's an incongruency here that's showing up. No wonder my marketing is not as effective as I want it to be, even though I'm burned out. what really made the difference for me was when I looked at who am I? What resonates with me? How do I want to show up? And, and now let's build a business around that. And like you said, you know, if I don't feel like posting today, I won't post today. Making decisions like that have made such a phenomenal difference. And then even asking myself, you're even using the same exact language that I've used, right? With how do I don't want to design my day? I want to have meaningful conversations with really cool people. If they become my client, great. If they become a good friend of mine, great. If they become a contact and business, great. At the end of the day, I'm weeding out everyone in my life that is not a really cool person where we can just enjoy that, add value to each other, et cetera. And I built a whole business around that. And people would tell me, where's your email list? And so I'm like, Man, I, I would just much rather do this. And what I've noticed is like you said, not trying to hunt down the next client, not worrying about where that next meal is coming from. Um letting go of all that scarcity and just tapping into a much greater sense of abundance, mm-hmm. that's made a huge difference. So what I found with working with coaches, so much of their value is tied into what they're doing and they have a, a cost per hour or a cost per session. And you said thousand bucks a month. I'm like, hey, that was me, man. That was me. People not paying on time. That was me having those uncomfortable conversations. Like, so uh, buddy, what are you going to pay? <laughs> like, yep. oh, man, that was rough. Um, and pivoting toward actually accepting payment in full and, and owning your value that way has been phenomenal. Um, and dropping all of the games that we're playing in our marketing, especially in our social media, we're coming from a place of like, this quiet desperation of notice me, I am valuable, I can prove it. And instead showing up in a place of just have fun and articulate your own love that you're doing for the world outward if that makes sense, and I noticed that's way more attractive, and that has people want to
0: reach out and connect and work with you. So I love what you're sharing, Byron. I'd love to know. Right, we're talking high level strategy. What if we kind of pivot a little bit and I, I look at the tactical side of things, right? Like with you having as many reps as you have, helping coaches, helping mentors, consultants, I lump us all together in a, in a tribe because, right, who knows what any of us really the accreditation we hold behind ourselves, right? What are other than showing up as your authentic self and right following. A schedule that is yours, not one that's self-imposed. Like, what are some things that you have found that help coaches? I could not even say become more successful because what is success, right? Success to me and success to you are completely different in theory. How about feel better about themselves, right? What What does your process look like?
1: So, you say feel better. Are you talking about raising the value so they can get
0: more money? Are you talking about potentially, right? And this, right, this is getting the philosophical question of. Right. Just because I charge more money doesn't necessarily mean that I'm feeling better as a person. Right? And, and there's this, this back and forth. right? So we can start the conversation, if you'd like, with life coaching. Because right? we, we come from that lens. And I think that's personal value and internal belief system itself. And then also pivot into how do you help coaches then own that into charging what they're worth or attracting clients that can pay what they're worth? Because I think that's, I, could, I can show up and say to everybody, look, I'm $5,000 an hour. But if I have no clients that pay me five thousand dollars an hour I'm not really five thousand dollars an hour I'm just pontificating the world that that is my value proposition like I see a lot of people also doing that like I don't charge if you're not paying me ten grand i'm not I'm not coming out okay who's actually doing that do you have clients that do that I hope so but like what does that look like inside of your ecosystem if like I'm a coach right I come into your world and say buddy help me out right I'm, I'm struggling i'm not I'm not attracting the right clients I'm not getting enough what should I be charging? How do you even come up with that? What's you're you're the pro, man. Share with me, share with us how that looks.
1: Yeah, I love that question, man. Great question. So most of the time, what I notice from coaches is you know, they're they're charging based on what they're doing in the moment. What I found to be most helpful was to pivot off of that and now look at what result are we creating for that client. Not only that, but how is their life going to be different as a result of? Together and most coaches actually balk at that. What I hear a lot is, "I, who am I to claim I can create this specific result? What if I don't create it? What if they find out that I'm not as good at creating that as I say I am?" And it's I feel more safe to kind of fall back into rather to talk about a result I can create for the clients or I'd be excited to create for the clients. Let's just talk about what we're going to do in our time together, how we're going to work on our clarity and our mindset and and all that stuff. What I discovered is, and choosing that specific result, what helps the most is looking at who do we feel most in alignment with working with, energetically, psychographically. In other words, who would we want to sit down and have a conversation with for hours and hours and hours and be best friends with? That's who we should be working with. That's who should be hiring us. The reason why is because the more of that connection and rapport we have more it unlocks in ourselves the ability to do what we do best, to share our gifts at the highest level, to generate the most value. And so if we look at that, and then demographically with the niche, look at, okay, well, who would be most inclined to have the most results working with this? And it might not just be based on income. It could be even resources. Working with someone, for example, let's say that's a dating coach. There's a difference between helping someone that's living at home with mom and dad go on more dates And have a more successful dating life and working with somebody that's maybe a ceo or an upper middle management the reason why is because that person has much more people in their network it'd be easier to get that person that result they've also demonstrated more success or more productivity in their life so if we look at it from a standpoint of energetically who do we most love, love working with who resonates with us the most demographically what kinds of people have the highest chance of creating the result that we're saying we can deliver? We put both those things together and craft a message that speaks to only that person. Now we're in much more alignment, and now what I've realized is it's impossible not to deliver that result. As long as we're showing up and doing all we can and, and, and we're working with only those types of people, what happens is that result is created because of the dynamic that happens between both you and the client, if that makes sense. And so the number one thing that I do is, all right, let's get off of what you charge per hour in session. Let's look at when the people have worked with you that you've loved the most, let's reverse engineer what kind of meaningful results have showed up in their life. What are you most excited about creating? And let's focus on that and then have your message speak to that because now the value is off of that person and their personal value. And it's now onto the end result where they're taking their client. Now it's going to accelerate their life from that point forward. And now that client is fired up because it's not a question of, should I pay you know, $5,000 an hour, for example, for you and your expertise? It's now, is what I want worth $5,000 an hour? It's up to me, the client, after having enough of a connection with this coach or this consultant to decipher and suss out, is this the right person to get me there? And that's what everything to me comes down to, if that makes sense.
0: It makes great sense to me. And from that standpoint, Byron, what's your right? Let's talk about a a a coach that feels compelled to begin coaching. Right, this is a unique part of the marketplace that I get the privilege of serving. Right, I have individuals that feel called, compelled to coach. Maybe they've you know been a leader in a company and they want to branch out and start something like you and I have started. And one of the interesting things to me is as we go through right my process with them, it's right just like you said if you had endless amounts of money and you could choose to spend time in a room filled with people that you wouldn't ever want to leave the room, who's that room filled with? Do you feel like as a coach, you have to have lived something in order to coach it? Right. And I, let me, let me spin this and make sure I'm saying this the right way. If people are listening for me personally at this point, I don't know what it's like yet to run a seven figure coaching business where I'm the only coach. Like, I don't know what that's like yet. I haven't done that yet. I know what it's like to be right, 50, 60, 70 grand a month. Like I've been there. So it's, I can say, right, to any startup coach, it doesn't matter. Like this is kind of the, the cusp of my reality. The highest level I've achieved is this and I can show it and I can document it if you care to see it. But if you're looking for somebody to get you to hundred grand a month, I know how to get you to 70, but I haven't been to hundred yet. So don't look at me for that. Now I don't, right. Plant my flag so aggressively in the ground that there's no way I can get you there because right. I'm, we're all in the process of progress. I call it, we're all growing and it's, but like, there's no way as a startup coach, I, I would have felt an integrity saying, yeah, I'm your seven figure coach. Like I'm the, I'm going to get you there. Right. I think there's so much now in the coaching world of, right. Was it, we should learn, implement, teach. And there's a lot of, Learn, teach, implement. I feel like where I read a book. Okay, so I'm ready to I'm ready to go share this, but I haven't lived it myself <laughs> yet. And I'm this is not a judgmental thing. It's just, it's it's very curious to me, right? What your thoughts are or as a you know from a, a coach to another coach, because yeah. right? you've you've been through both sides of it. How's it look to you, right? Because this is something that I get not spun up with. Right, we have some in depth conversations with the groups that I run. Of like, well, who's your ideal client avatar? And it starts out with, well, these people have the most money so I want to go work with them. On well, time out, like, do you resonate with them in any capacity? Have you ever been around these people before? Have you ever facilitated a change that would be valuable to these people ever that you could document? Mm-hmm. If the answer is no, in my opinion, start somewhere and grow into that yeah. versus, right, in it. I cringe to say fake it till you make it because I believe in manifestation. I believe in right, the power of positive thought. I believe in all that things, which in theory is pseudo-faking it. But like, you've done this a long time what's your take on that
1: yeah that's a great question man so historically as you know coaching is about not having to necessarily walk the talk it's about guiding people through discovering what's true for them consulting historically has been very much walk the talk like i've been here done this i can consult you to get there as well i'm a big advocate of being a hybrid of the two and i know that's not for everyone Because some people listening might be diehard coaches, and then that's the model they want to stick to. Other people might want to stick to just consulting. I found tremendous freedom to do both. Meaning for me, I don't feel congruent asking someone to go where I haven't been myself, me personally. Um, But I think if you're a coach and you're working with people and guiding them toward their truth and their potential and their capacity, that's different. It just means that how we serve those people has to look differently. Rather than saying, okay, here's what I would suggest doing and go out and do this. It's more about discovering in the moment what's true for them and getting in alignment with where they want to go. Um, but I've discovered so much more freedom. To me, it's more fun to be like, look, man, I just did this in my business or I've been doing this for half a decade. Here's what works for me. And I'm not just going to create some cookie-cutter template. I'm going to actually create it with you so it suits you and your personality. And that way, to me, it's the best of both worlds. But I totally feel like for me, anyways, it would be inauthentic to offer. Yeah, I'm going to get you seven figures in your business when I haven't gotten there myself. That, that doesn't feel like I, I have the leadership perspective of, OK, this is showing up for you. I know why. Let's make these corrections. That information wouldn't be there for me. So I wouldn't feel as online doing that. Um, and oftentimes coaches will also ask me, but if I want to help and people in business, but I have, I don't have the amount of money I have right now. I guess I can't do it. No, 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 no. There's a infinite spectrum of results you've already created in your life. You're not giving yourself credit for even launching a business is a tangible result. People would really pay a lot of money for Uh, If your audience is primarily people that have a nine to five, or they're looking to get out of corporate America or the corporate life, even just launching their business and making their first dollar, is a huge result that will dramatically change someone's life. You can put your whole business on that, and you've been there and done that. So I think talking about the result that we're offering, oftentimes people get so tripped up thinking it has to be this like far out, way reaching, amazing success. It doesn't have to be I Just look back on what you've created in your own life and where you feel that intersection with where you're inspired to take people to.
0: Well, I love that. I love that so much for a, a plethora of different reasons, and the one that's Resigning with me the most right now is my most successful clients that own businesses, right? Kind of in that one-to-one capacity. Some guys that are right, multiple seven-figure earners, right? That their enterprise value, their businesses are approaching, I guess, nine, ten figures, right? Like big, big stuff. I've never owned. a, have co- never even been a part of a company that big. But some of the things that I have been through, right, from leadership to management to systems and processes and the way my brain works, is a perfect complement to the way that their brains work right like they're they're more creative they're less systems based they're less process based where for me i look at that as more of my i call a consultant hat at that point like i'm coming in and saying look i haven't experienced the financial success you're experiencing but here's some of the things that will make you more successful as i look at it for efficiency of operation i.e more profitability which then just becomes a conversation of scale right like doesn't matter if you're nine figures 10 figures 11 figures the process still works and so that that's again where as we're having this conversation there's a unique what i call duality of and i'm probably hybrid myself i love the way that you put that like in the coaching world i feel super inauthentic if i tell you like i have your map to seven figures <laughs> right. but in, in the consulting world it's like hey I, I'm, I'm pretty good at systems and operation let me come in and audit your business for you real quick. It's not going to cost anything. And here's a couple of things you can do. And if it works, then maybe we'll have another conversation where I believe in, right? Like you said, I want to get to know people first, right? I want to see if I can add actual value. And it's, I'm curious about your onboarding conversations as well, right? Because yeah. I throw a lot of people for a loop. I do what I'll call a two-part conversation. My first conversation is intentionally, I just want to get to know you. And people are like, well, when are you going to, like, we get to the end of the call and they're like, when are you going to pitch me? I'm like, well, I'm, I'm literally not like you, you I, I literally told you before the call, don't bring your credit card. Like if you beg me to pay me right now, I'm going to say no. Like I don't want the emotionally charged decision. I want it to be that. I know I can help you. I want to spend some time coming up with a customized solution for you. I then want to share it over zoom. I want to show you what it looks like. You can take and run with it without me. Just I'm saying, if I spent the time to create this, then I believe that you're gonna have additional trust in me to know I'm gonna accelerate your growth, right? So I do a, I'll call it a two-part sale, but it's really, I wanna know you. I wanna understand if I can actually add value. I want you to start to build trust and rapport in me. Then we'll have a secondary conversation, where of course at the end, I I preface it. Look, on our next call, at the end of the call, if you find value, we're gonna talk about how we might be able to work together. I mean, it's it's not like a a secret, like I'm I'm not UNICEF. This is a for-profit business right what, what's your conversation how do you take clients on or how do you recommend to your clients position there whether it's pricing or closing conversations or offer like what's what's that look like for you
1: yeah so i have a five-step process i teach I call it the ladder of conversion it's very much set up exactly like you're talking about i'm laughing over here because i'm like yes yes someone that also is using this and actually, I actually i guide coaches out of the one called close i get rid of it um i feel like it it yeah, for a number of reasons is just not as authentic and it doesn't work. Rather than going into any one call with any expectation, I break things down. So the first step is always understanding. And I feel like this is where people mess up the most. They jump, they shortcut understanding or they get it in their head. I know exactly what they want, what they need. Okay, I got it, I got it. All right, shut up. I'm going to give you value now and then I'm going to ask for money. And it doesn't work. And the reason it doesn't work is because people never buy from people in an excited place if they don't feel fully understood. There's a difference between, I think I get what you're getting at and actually feeling like, okay, this person really gets me. And it takes not just like the clipboard questions with, all right, where are you at in your business? Okay. Yep. And how, what do you want to get to? Yep. It actually takes human connection and not just the mental side, but the emotional side with empathy. And I understand where you're going through and having that real connection first. And so once people feel that they're understood, the next step is curiosity, where for me, as the coach or consultant, I'm gauging, number one, is there a curiosity in me to continue helping this person? Do I feel like they're a fit for where I know I could take them or want to take them? Do I feel like if we were to work together, it would resonate with me? Or I could disconnect after that first call. I don't have to work with them. Like you said, don't bring your wallet. I don't. I still don't know if we're a fit yet. Even though I know I can solve your problem, I don't know if I want to yet. And then for them, are they showing curiosity in me? You know, are they kind of road grouping me along in a sense where it's like, all right, they're going to get all this information from me and then tell me, yeah, I'm not interested. Or are they seriously looking for that next step? Are they seriously committed? And I want to be sure and be clear on that. And if I get that green light, then I'll meet with them actually another call and sometimes even two more calls, just purely going to work on what their biggest challenges and what their biggest desires are. I want to build a scenario where we can see each other in action where it's not just talking about what I can do. It's actually living it, giving them value that way, but also me seeing how they're showing up. I give them an assignment or an exercise. Are they knocking it out or are they flaking? Are they making an excuse? And that gives me all sorts of indication. Are they going to be the right client for me or not? And I can, again, just back out at any moment and say, you know what, I don't think this is going to work out for us. And here's why. Um, Once that's in place, the, the next step is then some sort of urgency, not from a standpoint of, I need to close this person now. Just for them, are they in a moment in their life where now is the right time to to progress, to work forward? Or are they in a phase where they're just getting some information? Yeah, I just wanted to kind of check this out. If I don't know that, I'm going to waste a lot of time. So I want to make sure that now is the time in their life to move forward. And then finally, last part is just value. Just show the price, break down everything that comes with it. That's when I'll get into the system, et cetera. And I found breaking apart the process that way I never feel like I'm selling to someone. I rather feel like I'm giving someone the opportunity for both of us to decide if we're a fit, if we're meant to work together or not. It's a different energy than, all right, I've got a predetermined destination I want to get them to, and that's buying. So what do I need to say and do to get them to buy? I drop all that. There's no manipulation. It's just let's let's just see what emerges as us coming together, meeting over
0: time. So that's what's worked for me. I love it. I, I absolutely love it. And I, um a mentor, a coach that I, I've paid a guy by the name of Kevin nations shared some with me that was profound in the fact of what he refers to as being the benevolent alpha. It's like, I'll sit there and I'll serve and I'll ask questions and we'll go through this whole process in whatever way we deem fit between us. But at the end of the day, no, make no mistake. The vernacular that I'm using, the cadence that I'm using has me in control of the conversation. Cause I'm ultimately the one deciding if we're going to work together or not. Like, which wasn't empowering the minute he said that like I didn't have to see there was no script there was no anything it was just a conversation between him and I. I'm like man I've been completely messing that up my entire process up until this exact moment because I felt like it was a privilege that I was on the phone with people and so being able to switch that around and be like well time out like I have something that I can solve people's problems that has an actual real value to it it's okay and empowering as a coach to say like man I love you to death but I'm just not the best fit there's something that's not an alignment here. Can I introduce you to somebody else? Is there something else I can do? But our time together is not going to be an exchange of, of time for money in any capacity, at least not right now in this season of life. The minute I was actually able to say that and own that and really mean that and not from like an egoic, I'm better than just like, something's just not right here. It's like, to me, change happens in an instant, right? We, it's a build to get to the process. We can put the light switch on, but the minute that light switch gets flipped on, like, it can never go away now. It's part of who I am inside is like, man, I, there's real value here. Like, a, plus tangible results and things that go right, with with time and energy and reps, it becomes to me easier and easier and easier because you see success stories and testimonials. And, right, that certainly doesn't help, at least with me, with, with my fragile ego. Like, <laughs> seeing that things work the right way, that certainly helps as well.
1: Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I love that benevolent alpha. I love Kevin Nations, man. It's cool to hear that you've worked with them. Uh, that's actually really, really cool. It explains a lot too, man. I like your vibe and your approach. We're very much aligned with that. It's not about the the. I have a, a church here. Or I have a religious group. Would you like to make a donation in my my coaching business? You know, it's not this weak, timid thing. It's it's we're holding a line, but we're not pushing on them. We're not over over uh, doing it. We're not also so weak and timid that we're also not articulating, hey, I also want to work with you, and I think you get value out of doing this. That doesn't serve either one. So to me, it's like you said, it's about being in the middle and holding that space. It's just, that's the best kind of leadership that I thought we can possibly deliver.
0: So I think it's right on the money. Yeah, and it's it's fascinating. I know as our time is coming to, unfortunately, too rapid stop, it feels like, right? I love our conversation. What are some things you'd recommend for A coach, like I look every coach that comes into my wheelhouse wants one of three things, right? They want to generate more leads that are qualified. They want an easier sales process or they want more time. Like that's kind of, I think, what every coach is ultimately searching for. If we look at the sales component of things, right? You went through your your five-step sales process. and I absolutely love that. What are some things you would have a coach do or consider that struggles or is timid to discuss price, right? Because that's one of the like there's always this, like, a lot of coaches I start with, like, they, they get to the price point, and you can just, like, feel their energy completely change, and their tonality changes, and their speed, at which there's, like, there's no confidence there at all. What would you share with a coach that's not even charging enough, but just feeling comfortable discussing money? What, what does that look like for you?
1: Yeah, I'll share a quick story, because this is exactly what I did. So, I went from charging a thousand bucks a month and i was pushed by a mentor at the time to charge an amount of money that i knew i was worth at the same time i was terrified of so it wasn't just an arbitrary number my challenge was to pick a number that felt i know i'm worth that and it also scares me to death it scares the living shit out of me So i arrived on uh, i think it was 40 grand paid in full so i had a sales call and i was so scared i was shaking and i, I get to the call and i'm like all right and It'll be uh, $40,000 40, uh, $40, to, to do this. And I like, immediately put the phone on mute. And I'm like, you know, I was like freaking out. I'm terrified. He's like, he's going to hang up. He's going to scream at me. And there was this long, like 15-second sigh and this pause. And it was just pure, it was a pure hell. And I remember him going, you know what? I really, I really want to find a way to make this work. That's, that's a lot of money for me right now. I don't have the kind of cash flow, but I really want to see what I can do. Let me get back to you. And long story short, we didn't end up working together. that didn't matter. What mattered to me was in that moment, my whole relationship to value completely transformed and I don 't even know why other than it was there's a difference between saying you're going to charge this month and, and then kind of raising your price that way and then just stretching that rubber band so far it snaps and' something that it was such a new reality for me and from that point forward, my price point jumped up to, at the time, 15000 and 20000 and 25000 and just kept increasing it because I'd already stretched it way beyond what I thought was possible. And so the advice that I would have, if you're scared of price, if you're scared, of, let's say charging, you know, five grand or whatever, let's say that's your, your, your price point where you get scared, $5,000, ask for 10 and just notice what happens. Number one, you'll notice that if people are going to pay you at five, they'll probably pay you at 10. Another thing that you notice is it's not that scary and it becomes second nature and so i started articulating my price even before people were considering hiring me i would just say here's what i do here's my price and i just kept saying that over and over again to make the oh my gosh it's this much money just more mundane to me and it just became part of the way i breathe so um that was i think the most beneficial thing that
0: i ever did that that helps it does tremendously and then with the, I'll say the last question that I have, right? Selfishly, normally I wrap up with like, what can somebody listening do? But sorry guys, if you're listening, forget you. I'm I'm actually curious here. Okay. You, 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 as you deliver services to somebody, what is the commitment level? Not financially, but time-wise that you look for, right? Cause I started out with a 90 day commitment. And I figured out that every 70 days I was like scrambling to hunt. Like that was like, I gotta get more people. I gotta get more people. It was this feast or famine type of mentality but then my most successful clients that started auditing them were all the ones that after the 90 days wanted to keep going. And right. I started looking I'm like, man, they've been here a year, 16 months, 18 months, 24 months. And like their results are exponentially higher than everybody else's, which then had me start to shift my belief in like, and 90 days is great. But like, that's just a little, it's a little drop in the bucket versus what we could do. So when someone comes to you or and right. If you don't want to put yourself out there, somebody else, like what do you re- recommend to a coach? Right. What sort of, okay. What sort of delivery or what sort of timetable do you look at?
1: Yeah, I love stretching it, man. I think at minimum four months, four months, five months. I like right now six months in a year, giving them the option. or doing six months and then evaluating and continuing. Yeah, like, like you, man, I just need to spend time with people. Like there's... There's the external surface level, what's going on and let's let's teach what you don't know. Let's make some quick fixes type stuff. There's also some deep internal things that we really takes time to to get to them and to process them and to, to move through them. So to me, yeah, I the, the reason I'm so slow to onboard clients and I'm breaking people think I'm crazy. Like, why are you spending so much time giving everything away for free before you ask for money? it's for my own protection because I only work with people long-term if we're one-on-one. That's my only option. That's all I want to do. And so I want to make sure we're the right fit. I don't want to have to put a contract in place and hold them to it and and get into that whole side. I'd rather just work with somebody that in my gut I trust is going to be with me here for the long-term, six months for a year at at least. So that's how I've set it up and it's resonated
0: with me so far. I love it. And that still leaves us at, That final last question, then, if somebody's listening and you want to give them one valuable takeaway to remember you by, what would that be?
1: You're always worth more than you think you're worth.
0: Always. No matter what price point you're getting.
1: And if you're at a job, you're worth more. If you're starting your business and you're trying to attract clients, you're worth more. Whatever you are charging or accepting or settling for in your life, you are always worth more than you think. And it just takes a change of perspective and for you to honor yourself at a higher level
0: to realize that. So go get more. I love that, my friend. Thank you so much for your time. I couldn't be more appreciative of you sharing all your genius with me and the listeners. It's, it's truly been a pleasure. Ryan, right back
1: at you, man. Dude, I, I'm looking forward to maintaining a relationship with you going forward. This has been awesome, man. Thank you.